Friends and fellow craft beer drinkers, welcome to Tap the Craft Podcast. My name is Denny Luce, and with me, as always, is the homebrew engineer himself, John Ream. How are you doing tonight, John? I'm doing great. Got a little hike in. We got a little more sun before uh, the rain sets in, in Seattle. So, oh, good. Got well, out in the woods. Excellent, excellent. Is, is the is the wind blowing right now over there, or is it still pretty decent weather? No, no, it was actually, it was really pleasant today. Okay. So. Okay, yeah, it's been, uh, you talk about pleasant weather, the last two, well, actually the last week's been pretty nice here in the Boise area, and last, yesterday was fantastic, and today was a little bit cooler, but was nice. I, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying coming into, you know, starting to come into the fall weather where it's not just blazing hot at, you know, 90 degree weather all the time, but now the wind is starting to kick up. I think we're going to have some storms roll in this week. Which, uh, if it brings rain, then good, because we need to put out some of these forest fires we got going on in the, in Idaho, because it's been a little bit rough the last uh, part of the summer. And I want to cut down some of the smoke that we're constantly getting hammered with over here in the valley. But, but good. So you had, yeah, a, you, had a, you had a good, you had a good hike though, right? Yeah. Yeah. A short little one, uh, with the boys. So oh, Char- good. Charlie was just trying to figure out the concept of trails. Ah, staying on the trail. He liked to <laughs> yeah. wander off, right? <laughs> yeah. All right, excellent. Well, in case anyone who is listening to us right now is new to the show, I just want to explain to you what Tap the Craft Podcast is all about. We are an educational podcast. We focus around celebrating all things craft beer and helping people along in their craft beer journey. And you are listening to episode 56, and we're recording on September 11th. Uh, 2016. And just before we get started, I just want to, you know, make sure everyone remembers. I'm sure if you were alive and you're American, you remember what happened 15 years ago on September 11th. Uh, So I just want to just give a moment just to to say that we recognize that and uh, we'll never forget. Let's tell you what we're going to talk about in this episode. We have a lot of content. We have a little bit of insights from myself on the physics home draft system. Also, we're going to do a style guidelines for the American Stout, and we will also have our tasting notes with the Deschutes Obsidian Stout. So, if you haven't gone out and grabbed yourself and a Deschutes Obsidian Stout, pause right now, run down to the store, and grab one so you can taste along with us in about you know forty-five minutes to an hour from now. And of course, you can always count on John and I having all sorts of great beer banter. With that. Let's just go into what we are drinking, John. I'm 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 twisting it up a little bit, so don't worry. I'm going to get on to some of our other news, but I thought we'd just go into the beer right now, real quick. Yeah, it's keeping me on my toes right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to. <laughs> I didn't want you to freak out. So, hopefully, you're ready. <laughs> I'm always ready. Uh, so yeah, tonight I'm drinking the Sierra Nevada uh, Oktoberfest, um, which they've been doing collaborations with different breweries in Germany. So this uh, one is with. Uh, Mars Brow. Uh, and I think you and I both kind of stumbled onto this last year that they were doing this. And, uh, last year's version, uh, was excellent. Yeah. Um, this year's version, 
uh, doesn't quite live up to that, uh, in my opinion. <laughs> um, it's not a bad beer, you know, don't get me wrong, but uh, it just doesn't have the same depth as last last year's version. This one's a little grainy to me. Oh, okay. Rather than having like the rich, bready, malt, you know, kind of thing going on. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's not it's not bad, but it's not one that, I, like last year we were saying, make sure you go grab this before it's gone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. this year, yeah, pick it up if you're curious. Okay. <laughs> okay, know? so it's it's not a six-pack worthy pickup, but grab a bottle just to try it. And then if you do like it, you can go back and get a six-pack. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Okay, excellent. So how about you? What do you got in your dress tonight? Well, I am going to a beer that I have drank many times on the show because I, you know, yesterday I was looking for a beer that I just could, you know, pound down a few while watching the Oregon football team, you know, kick some butt. And when I was going through the stores looking for something, the the beer aisle, I, I, I found my eyes settled on the Payette Brewing North Fork Lager, a great pale lager that is uh, very tasty and goes down pretty easy and you drink you know six pack not too bad but i had one left from last night and i decided to go ahead and drink that right now while we're chatting so it's uh it's a good little good little lager i recommend anyone who can get payette go ahead and, and grab this lager if you want something easy to drink yeah we can get that now here yeah so. yeah now you now you guys get payette so that's fantastic all right, so John, now we we've opened up with a little beer talk. Have you done anything fun and exciting since our last recording that you might want to just share with us? Uh yeah, I got to do a little uh, brewery crawl. Oh, uh, for Kristen's birthday and right. for the sanctity of my marriage, I will not say which one. Um, but uh, we we went up and hit Fremont, uh, Rubens, and Stoop, uh, all in one day and that wow. was a lot of fun uh had some some good beers i i got a lot of tastes because i was uh i was the driver yeah. since it was her her birthday um but i i was able to to get a pint here and there um and uh, i'll talk about one of them which i really enjoyed uh a little later it's a pretty cool thing that fremont's doing so we haven't had a fremont minute for a while you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure well good <laughs> Good. That's great that you guys uh, got to go visit several breweries. Now that Stoop one, I haven't been to. So when you, if you talk about that, I'll for sure. Uh, which I don't see you. Uh, you're not going to talk about that. But briefly, but that briefly, just, was, uh, it, was is it pretty good, or is this one I need to I need to visit? They they've got a cool like outdoor beer garden space. Um, the beer, uh, some's good, some's bad. I I had my. I just had my favorite one from them this last time we went, which is their Porter, which was really good. Okay. Um, I enjoyed that one. Um, I haven't had a bad beer there, but, you know, usually we're heading there after Rubens, so it's also yeah. not a great, you know, uh, setup for them. Yeah. We come off of one of our favorite places. <laughs> um, no, yeah. When you, go to, when you come from some place that doesn't make a bad beer, then when you go, I mean, it doesn't make even a mediocre beer. I mean, everything is like, top notch you go somewhere else that makes pretty decent beer it may not seem like it's all that special because it's you know it's kind of a you gotta go there first go to the the one that uh, you know is is uh, lighter on the list so that it you know amps up your excitement and you're like ah oh, this is really good and you go to rubens and you're like oh man i'm just finishing off the night perfect yeah yeah this was only my second time there so i haven't had that many of their beers um 
you know, to give a, a true verdict in my own mind. But uh, they had some stuff for the kids to do, so I think we'll be checking it out uh, okay. again in the future. So. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. How about you? What have you been up to? Well, last Saturday, we had the second IPA Beer Wars here held by Ten Barrel Brewing in, in the Boise downtown Boise area. And I went last year. I really enjoyed it. And I went again this year. We went with a bunch of friends from work and we had a, you know, we kind of met over there and, and had a good time. And, and just so I can explain to everyone in case you don't remember me talking about last time, this is a, a festival, an IPA beer festival where they bring in 30 beers from five states. Each state has six beers representing the state. So the states this year were Idaho, Oregon, Washington, Colorado, and California. And it's a blind tasting, so you have no idea what beer. When you go up to the tap, you just say, I want number three, or I want number 17, or whatever number. They You, you give them a token, and they they put uh, anywhere from four to eight ounces of beer in your glass. Uh, the pours, depending on how you sweet-talked whoever was serving or how you distracted them or whatever, were thick, you know, were a lot heavier, heavy-handed pours, which I appreciate. But uh, because these could be IPAs or double IPAs, uh, when you get an 8-ounce pour of an 8.5% beer, um, yeah, it starts to wear on you after you get, you know, 10 of them down you. When yeah, it's eight, a eight bit pours. of a gamble. When you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and basically, this year they did it a little bit differently. So last year, they had each state – now, it was, it was like a double blind, and they had each booth represented a state. So you knew that all the beers from that booth were from the same state, so they had six beers to choose from at five different booths. So booth one would have all the mystery state, and then the next booth two would have a different state, but they'd have all the beers. This year they did different – they had all the beers intermixed. So you didn't know, you couldn't like figure out which beer was from, you know, if you know a beer really well and uh, you say, oh, this has got to be this beer. Now you know that that's the state it came from. Well, that, you can't do that this year because they had all of them intermixed throughout all 30 taps, which was interesting um, but and kind of cool. So what you do is you buy a glass, a nice 10 ounce snifter glass for five bucks. And then you can buy tokens for a dollar, and each token got you a four-ounce pour. And again, a four- to eight-ounce pour, depending on how heavy the pour was. And for every five tokens you bought, you got a bottle cap. And that bottle cap was used to vote for which one you wanted to put your vote towards for winning this whole competition as which beer was the best that you tasted. And for every five, you got, you know, you'd get a second vote. And so I went and got the glass, and I got ten tokens. And two bottle caps, so I got to vote twice. And we we went at it and, and had uh, our tasting. It was kind of just random numbers that we chose. And it was a fun time. Now, I will say that I was a bit disappointed in the beers I chose this time. I thought that the choices last year, I made some really good ones that had some good you know, good IPAs. And this one, I, I was a little bit disappointed in some of the beers. And then I was also surprised when I found out the next morning what beers... I had tasted that I rated so low. Uh, for example, I wasn't all that impressed with the Lagunitas IPA, which I've drank a ton of that beer. But for some reason, I'm guessing the the way, you know, coming from the keg, you know how they do those beer festival cooler things, for some reason it just didn't taste the same as I had had when I drank it out of the bottle. So I'm going to guess. Well, I mean, it's also an older style IPA when you got a bunch of maybe newer uh, renditions of, of the style. 
yeah. it, it may just seem uh, lesser, you know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Another one that, you know, everyone knows that I'm a huge Grand Teton fan, and there hasn't been a beer that they've made that I haven't enjoyed until last Saturday. <laughs> and it wasn't that I I hated the beer, it but it had some really – and it was their, one of their pilot batch IPA. So they basically just kind of do a small batch brew, and they have a – this is, I think this was the 15th version of, of their pilot batch IPA. And this one to me tasted like it was, it was, uh, strained through a garden salad, like, you know, through some, some cabbage and some carrots. And it had a real veg, vegetable, gardeny, like, you know, almost kind of dirty, uh, soily flavor to it to me. Um, and then I found out after talking to some other people that actually really enjoyed that, that was one of their favorite ones of the night, they they were getting a mango flavor out of that. Now, hmm. after I started thinking about it, I was like, you know what? Maybe that was mango, but because the mango was playing havoc with my taste buds with the other flavors in there, I wasn't – it wasn't, uh, you know, a normal mango type. Like I've, had, I've had mango IPAs before that I really enjoyed, and this one kind of was – you know, it wasn't quite satisfying for me. So I, I was surprised by a few of my, my choices. Um, but I will say that I think, I, I don't remember, uh, on Untapped, I logged them all the next morning. I think one of the beers I really enjoyed was from Silver City. That's the Bremerton. I think it's Bremerton ha- where they're from in Washington. Uh, they had a really good IPA that I really enjoyed. And I think the other one I rated the highest was a Tin Barrel. I think it was the... The locals only IPA, which they made yeah. here in, in Boise. As I say, Homer. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the other one I really enjoyed. And then I think one other one was the other, I think the other 10 barrel was a category 56 IPA was really good too. So those were kind of three that stood out of the 10 that I had that really, I, I really enjoyed. Um, but yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about. But I, I just wanted to run down the list of the top 10 by, voted. By the people that attended. Now, there's over 2,000 people that attended this event over Labor Day weekend, which is amazing because so many people were out camping and doing things before the, you know, before the end of summer. Uh, and I was surprised at how many people showed up at this thing because it was really, really crowded this year. But the number one beer, I'll just say the number one beer was a beer by Oscar Blues. And I don't think it was their regular IPA. I think they must have done a, a one-off, I think. I think it was OG. IPA or something like that. I don't remember the exact uh, name of it, but that one surprised me. Uh, the second one that was in second place was a Georgetown IPA. And I don't remember if it's their standard um, Lucille. I think it might have been the Lucille IPA. Is that right? Is that Lucille is one of the uh, IPAs? Yeah, it could be that. The the other one they've been getting a lot of recognition for is the uh, Bodhi Zaffa. That wasn't it. Yeah, that wasn't it for sure because I would remember that name. <laughs> okay. That one's excellent. Is that good? <laughs> yeah. Um, then the third place was uh, Stone Brewing, and I think that was just a Stone IPA, which was surprising. Uh, I don't think, or was it Ruination? You know, I wish I, I I tried to find the list, and the list was removed from the time that I the next day. I don't know why they removed the list of the of the beer. I couldn't find it when I was looking for it today to to bring up to show you know to show you what what it was. I so it's hard for me to remember the exact names of all of them. Um, then number four was the Shoots. The shoots. Um, uh, which one was it? I think it was their. Was it their fresh squeezed or was it? Not. I think it was their fresh 
squeeze, but now I can't remember exactly which one it was. But the Schutz IPA was was four, and then number five was a beer that I didn't like. I actually tasted this one, the first beer I had uh, from Denver Beer Company, and I thought it was just pretty. It's almost like a session, really light, watery type IPA that didn't have a lot of body. So I didn't rate that one very high, but people liked it. It was, you know, rated number five on the on the voting. And then quickly, six was a ten barrel beer. The the category. I think that was the cat. That was either the locals only. I only found a list of that's named the top three. Oh, and it was okay. the Bodie's Zaffa, by the way. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. So it was the Bodie's. Okay. All right. Uh, I had that one. I enjoyed that one. I think it was locals only. Was the Tim Burrow one? And then Barley Browns. Um, wasn't it was either Pallet Jack or this? Yeah, I think that one. I've had that one before. That was really good. Uh, Elysian had one again. I don't remember if it was the uh, one of their Space Dust or one of those. I don't remember which one it was exactly. And Boneyard, which I enjoy, Boneyard. Uh, that that one was number nine, and then the Payette had an IPA that was uh, number eight, uh, ten. So those were the top ten of the thirty. Uh, so yeah, I, I recommend that if the IPA Beer Wars comes to your area, you should go check it out and uh, enjoy. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to come out for that some year. Okay. Sounds sounds like fun. All right. I'll let you know when uh, next year's is occurring so you can come on out and we can enjoy it together. Sounds good. All right. Okay, John. So uh, I've been, I need to drink some beer. So while I take a couple sips of beer, why don't you talk about the noteworthy beers that you had this last period? All right. Yeah, I'm going to talk a bunch of IPAs. Um, so... Uh, First couple are going to be some Imperials. So uh, this week I received a package from our buddy Wes uh, with three cans, uh, one IPA and two Imperial IPAs from Other Half Brewing. Uh, Wes and some of his friends went up to a can release at Other Half in Brooklyn. They drove like four and a half hours round trip to stand in line for these cans. And he was kind enough to send me some. Um, and I was given strict instructions to drink them fresh. <laughs> so I consumed all three within the 36 hours after I received them. Oh my God. Uh, just to make sure, you know, um, does, does but, West, uh, wait, does West need my address to send my, uh, my, my cans? Uh, yeah, I gave him mine uh, for you. Don't <laughs> worry. They'll be in good hands. <laughs> um, but, uh, my favorite of the three was the, other half space diamonds, um, which just really great citrus and tropical, uh, hop character through it really easy to drink. Um, it, it was Kristen and I's favorite. Uh, we both agreed that that was the, the top one, um, out of the three. Um, so that, that was our, our favorite one. I, I have no idea, uh, you know, how much other half, uh, you know, gets their beer out. I'm guessing not too much since Wes and, and company had to drive up, you know, stand in line for these. But <laughs> uh, if, if you get a chance, I would definitely grab it. I mean, all three of the IPAs were good. So they, they know what they're doing with their hops. Um, and uh, so I don't, I don't think you can go wrong with it. So I, I'd recommend it if you can okay. get your hands on it. Uh, the next one I'll mention is from 10 Barrel. 
and that's the category 57 that you've mentioned a couple times. Yeah, I've had one. Um, yeah, so I picked up their case, uh, their Battle of the Beers case that they're doing there where they pitted like three um, beers, I think one from each of their publications. Yeah, yep. Against each other. Uh, so it had this Imperial IPA in there, a uh, Dark Lager, and a Session IPA. Those were the three uh, beers. And this one was by far uh, the best in the, in the box, in my opinion. Okay. Um, I, it was it was very nice, uh, little tropical resiny, you know, the, and I don't know. It was it was very hot when we uh, were drinking these. So you'd think like maybe the lager or the session IPA might have been the thing that we wanted to go back to, but uh, these were the first thing gone out of, mm. out of the case. Um, so it was it was really nice, um, and yeah, I'd imagine people could get their hands on these. Uh, those cases are still around here, at yeah. least. Yeah. Um. So those, yeah, those are see them. Those are twenty two ounce bottles too, right? And those. Uh, no, mine was a case of twelves. Oh, okay. So. Um. But yeah, it was nice, and the, I mean the other beers aren't bad. They, this one just was that much better. You know, it was. Uh. Yeah. Just it stood stood by itself. So, um, yeah, the last one I'll, I'll talk about, it's time for our Fremont Minute, so mm-hmm. brace yourself. So we went up to Fremont, and uh, Fremont's really well known for their Cowish Canyon uh, Fresh Hop Pale Ale. Yeah. And uh, this year they announced that they're doing a new Fresh Hop like series of beers, and people freaked out because they're like, wait, what about Cowish Canyon? Are we going to get a Cowish Canyon in there? Yeah, we're going to get that one too. This is in addition to that. So they're doing uh, this series called Field to Ferment, and it's four uh, different fresh hop beers, all single hop fresh hop beers. Um, and the beers are coming out as the hops are picked. So uh, earlier harvest is the Centennial, uh, which is what I got to try, then the Simcoe, Citra, and then they're going to do Mosaic. Oh, wow. So you do these four. Um, as the pops are ready, they're going to brew the beer. And, uh, I've usually enjoyed Centennial as like a compliment hop, you know, not really center stage, mm-hmm. but like helps out. Yeah. This was incredible. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know if just cause it was super fresh, yeah. you know, uh, which I'm sure helped, but, uh, yeah, this, this was, uh, thankfully the one that I decided to get a pint of, you know, one of my few pints that day. Uh, I was very happy to to enjoy this one. Um, it was it was really good. Uh, they are putting some of them in cans, and if I can grab some, I'll grab some uh, before you make your way out here. Okay. Um, yeah. But uh, I haven't seen any down my way yet, so they seem to be going really fast. Um, but it, it, I thought it was a pretty cool um, little series they're doing. Uh, it, it'd be nice to be able to do them all, you know, side by side, but, uh, fresh hops usually want to drink them real quick. So, yeah, yeah. um, but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it and, uh, it was really, really nice. Yeah. So. Sounds awesome. Yeah. So what noteworthy beers, uh, you want to talk about? Okay. Well, I have three, three beers and they're not IPAs. In fact, they're all 
different styles, which is fantastic because I love to mix up my styles and get some great variety in my in my beer drinking. So the first one I'm going to talk about is a local brewery here. It's Edge Brewing, and they uh, did an Oktoberfest Martzen, is what they called it. And I, I've had another beer, another Martzen they did last year, but this is a new one they did this year. It's a, a new one that I really like. Now, it is a little bit sweeter than, I mean, you know, Martzen can be a little sweet anyway. This one's a seems a little bit sweeter, but it doesn't matter. It, it it's got a, like that really good bready uh, notes to it, and and the malt just comes out so nicely, and it goes down so I mean so easy, and it's a fairly I think it's like a six point four or six and a half percent beer too, and uh, it goes down way too easy for a beer that's that high in alcohol, and I I really enjoyed it. I actually drank two pints within fifteen minutes. Uh, this Friday. I mean, literally, wow. they went down that quick. <laughs> I didn't even log the the beer until after I was halfway done with my second second beer. I mean, that's that's how much I enjoyed it and how easy it went down. So if you're in the Boise area, uh, go head down to to Edge Brewing and grab this Martin. I think you guys will enjoy it. I know I had a couple friends there that uh, I talked to, and they were also drinking it, and they also enjoyed it. So that was kind of cool that I was, you know, we everyone was enjoying that beer uh, on Friday night. So good. Uh, I gave it a four and a half cap rating on Untapped. So again, shows that I really enjoyed that, especially for a lager beer. Yeah, yeah, I'm I dig my lagers now. I dig my lagers and even my pilsners. I even had a pilsner this week that I really enjoyed, but I didn't want to mention it on the on the uh, my noteworthy ones. But but now I just did. It was McKellar. McKellar's. Uh, what is it called the? Uh, shoot, now I. Now I can't think of it. I want to say like friendship or something like that, but it was really good. Uh, the second beer I'm going to talk about is Stone Brewing. Uh, it's the Russian Imperial, their Imperial Russian Stout, they call it. And I, I have this every year or every, every time they bring it out, and it's a good beer. This is a 2016 version, and you know what? It's fantastic, great flavor. Uh, I gave it a four and a quarter rating, and why did I give it a four and a quarter rating for such a great beer? It's because it does come across a little bit more boozy towards as it warms up than I, I you know, than I like. I mean, I like boozy beers, but it kind of, you know, and I got towards the bottom of that 22-ounce bottle. Uh, I was starting to feel a little bit too much of that booziness. So I, I marked it down a little bit because it was a little, maybe came across a little too boozy for me. Now, John, have you had a chance to, to have this beer this year? Not this year's, no. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I, I enjoy that one. Uh, but no, I haven't picked it up yet yeah. this year. Okay. Well, now you know that if you do pick it up, you'll probably enjoy it yourself. It's not bourbon barrel age or anything. It's just this regular old Russian imperial style. And then the last one I'm going to talk about was a beer that I had after drinking 10 of those big IPAs last weekend at the IPA Beer Wars. We went out to sushi and... You know, I had to I had to mix it up a little bit. I said, okay, enough IPAs, and I went and had a brown ale. It's from County Line, another local brewery here in the Boise area, and it's called their uh, Barnwood Brown Ale. And I'll tell you what, a big malty brown ale that just was fantastic. Had hints of chocolate in there, and and just some you know good old roasted malt maltiness that that I love. And it was a very solid, fantastic brown ale. I really enjoyed. It. I gave it. I think I gave it four four cap rating. I didn't write it down on my my notes here, but I think that's what I gave it. And and I recommend again anyone in the Boise area they don't they don't 
they don't bottle or can their beer, so you got to come here to 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 drink it. But it uh, it's good stuff. Nice. And it went well with your sushi. Yeah, yeah, it goes well. I, I think you know. I think we already determined that brown ales are kind of like a a good beer that kind of goes with everything. You know, it's it's kind of a, a well rounded beer. I think. Uh, but yeah. yeah, yeah, I liked it. It's, I mean, normally when you have sushi and stuff, you you tend to go with, with uh, you know, some kind of a, a pale lager from uh from wherever, either uh, uh I don't know, Japan, I guess. But I I don't know if those are all made. Singtao is not Japan. It's like uh, I don't know. They have different ones. A kir a, a, a shiro, is that one of the ones? The shiro black. Lager, I think, is one I have. Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I can't remember. That. I'm I'm horrible with names of of uh, of those beers, but yeah, that's what I typically have. Cause that's all I usually have. But this was this this place is called Lucky Fins, so they have a good craft beer selection. So you didn't have to go with you know the bottle selections that normal sushi places have because it was uh, you know more of a more an American uh, place. Eh, I appreciate having a brown ale with my sushi. Nice. All right, John, it's that time. Uh, I know you're making headway because I I did drink more this week this this period than the previous one, but I still think you probably outdid me. So how are we doing on our untapped check-ins? Yeah, you had a flurry of activity that I did not have oh. uh, these last couple weeks. Um, but then uh, Wes came to the rescue, being full on Team John, and sent me a box of IPAs to drink. <laughs> so I still gained two beers on you. Okay. So. <laughs> All right. So yeah. Well, good job. So, so what's uh, how close are you? Like fifty under fifty? I'm at forty-seven now. Oh my goodness! Okay, forty-seven. All right, I need to step it up. Try to try to keep you at, at fifty for next recording. Uh, I got too much momentum now. I can't <laughs> you can't slow down this train. Okay. Well, good job. <laughs> good job. Well, it would have helped if you uh, if someone else was driving for your uh, brewery crawl with Kristen for a birthday. So that would have helped you drink drink more. I think. Yeah, but I, I was a gentleman, you know. Yeah, that's good. Got to do, do the right thing every once in a while. Of course, of course. All right, well, you know what time it is, John? It is time to celebrate all of our listeners who provided some fantastic feedback from uh, after the last couple shows. And I'm going to start off with our with my buddy David Bazell. On Facebook, he said, hey, I enjoyed the show on the Kolsch beer. He says, I've been to Cologne a few times, and the show makes me want to go back and enjoy the beer. Well, thank you, David, for commenting and, and, and enjoying the show, and I'm glad that we were able to provide some good good uh, discussion on Kolsch beer, and especially since you've had the real thing in Cologne, Germany. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, I'm jealous of that. <laughs> All right, and Jason Lacey at JW Lacey over from Flux Deposed. Uh, he said, ah, yes, Big Wave Golden Ale. Um, also, he also enjoys the long Longboard Lager and Pipeline Porter, if it makes it on the mainland. Yeah. And they do. They all make it to the mainland, at least over here. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. they're brewed on the mainland. <laughs> <laughs> I think he means like the, the real, because from what I understand. Yeah, he, he may he may like the real deal. Yeah. Uh, but I, I've never done the comparison, so I don't know. Me neither. <laughs> Me neither. But my buddy uh, Corey at work, he goes, like I mentioned before, he goes to Hawaii uh, every year. And he's been to the big island and he has had it from the draft there. And he says the beer is far better in Hawaii now, maybe it's because it's in Hawaii too. But he says when you get it on yeah. draft, it it is definitely an improve, a really good experience there in Hawaii. So I need to go 
we, we need to put that on our tour list to go to Hawaii and taste it from the. Yeah, I think we'll we'll pack some with us to, to fly over there, and we'll do a t- and, uh, side by side. Sneak them in to do a side by side. That'll work. That'll work. All right. We also had our buddy Tom Joseph at King Homes, who we also mentioned last show. He says, "Hey." Just listen to the new show. Another great one. Thanks for the shout out. I still owe you an email about my trip out west. Yes, you do, Tom. Please send me an email. Tell me about your trip to Idaho and to eastern Washington and about the good beers you had. I, we'd love to hear your feedback on uh, on your experience. Absolutely. And uh, Tim Price posts over on our Facebook page. Uh, I can't believe these, and it was a picture of pumpkin beers, yep. are, are on the shelf already but I couldn't help but pick them up so I don't miss out this fall. <laughs> yeah, they came real early this year. Oh, yeah. um, they were like the beginning of August. They were showing up uh, at the bottle shop here. I don't know for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're everywhere. Yeah, there's pumpkin. All the Elysian stuff is already out. The the Night Owl, the uh, Mochaccino or Punkachino, whatever that Pumpuccino, one is. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen the Dark Moon yet. Uh, that's one of the ones I really like because it's a little bit darker stout with the pumpkin. Uh, but there's been a number of of varieties. You Uinta has theirs out. The Pump Kick, I think it is. I think that's theirs, or is that? Now I can't remember. But there's a bunch of them out no, right that's, now. That's that's New New Belgium, I think. Okay, that's New Belgium. Okay, in it. Okay, but yeah, there's a bunch out. So hey, if you enjoy the pumpkin season, go out and get them while you can, uh, because you'll get tired of them soon. So. <laughs> 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 okay. Also, we had our buddy David at Yo Jimbo 2000 on Twitter. That's how he goes by Twitter. But on our Facebook page, he posted an article. And it's the six beers you should be drinking this fall. And uh, so go visit our Facebook page and uh, click the link and check out what beers you should be drinking this fall. I'll leave that secret. I'll leave it a secret for you guys to discover on your own. Oh, he is. And then finally, our buddy Chris McKenzie at Chris McKenzie 82 said you made me buy beer again he picked up the citricado ipa that we t- we had talked about yeah uh, his his beer budget was a little uh sapped after getting <laughs> set up for his homebrew so that's true yeah we're helping him get back on the horse yeah know? oh yeah <laughs> and uh i also had that beer and i enjoyed it but i think uh i don't, I don't know if i enjoyed it as much as uh, you and chris did i i thought it was a great beer but i think i was the hype was a little bit high for me uh, but yeah, it was good. I, I did enjoy it. Excellent. Yeah. All right. We did have a listener question, and this comes. F- it was kind of uh, on my my personal Twitter account, which is at loose screw. But hey, you know what? I answer. We answer questions on the tap to craft and on our personal ones. So just go ahead and shoot us, you know, correspondence any way you want. We'll we'll answer it. But this is from Chase Lang- Langdon uh, at Awakened Heathen. He says. And this is this is a question for you, John. You're our expert. I kind of uh, shot your way when he was asking it on Twitter, so we kind of answered it on Twitter. But you know what? This is a great question, and and there's a couple questions in here that I think uh, all our listeners would get uh, some knowledge out of to find out if they maybe they have the same question and they might want some help. So I figured, John, you could help them out. Uh, he asked, "How would I get started in homebrew?" And of course, he says, "What is an easy beer type to start with?" So, John. How does someone get started? What's the best way for someone who just wants to to dive into to homebrew to get started? Is there, I mean, just don't be too detailed. Just kind of a general, some general hints. 
like oh, a website web, all website these, maybe or notes away yeah <laughs> <laughs> um I, th- I think the the best thing that to to check out first is see if you got a local shop uh those folks can get you set up with the kit you know talk you through everything you need um and what you need to do uh and uh that's your best bet because then when you're halfway through and you're freaking out you've got a place to call that you know <laughs> hey i bought this from you and i'm I'm in the middle of my boil. I don't know what to do. You know, they can mm-hmm. tell you. Yeah. Uh, um, but, uh, you know, if, if you don't have a local, I'd say check out uh, Northern Brewer uh, or More Beer uh, online. And they, they've got uh, great kits, uh, equipment kits to, to get you started and, and, it, and uh, recipe kits. Make sure you have everything you need and don't forget to buy something uh, to make your beer. Um, and they both have tutorials and nice write-ups along with their kits and stuff to, to walk you through it. Um, and then easy beer type, uh, I'd say stout reporter. Yeah. Um, they're pretty easy to do and very forgiving because they've got, you know, nice big flavors. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you do slip up, uh, you won't, won't be able to tell. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. So, so we had a follow up question because this was, we had a lot of people enter, you know, jump in on this question. So, uh, Jay at Maniac 17 from the Gamers and Beta podcast, great podcast. Go check it out. He also is a big beer drinker and, uh, the co host there, Captain Mike M or Captain Mike M. Yeah, that's right. Captain Mike M. He also has started getting into the craft beer. So that's what, uh, is great is that everyone, is starting to really enjoy craft beer and listen to our show. And, hey, why not? So he's, he asked the questions, hey, do you have any recommendations on a beer kit to start with? So, if, like you said, John, while you get your kit, you got to have a beer. So uh, besides, uh, you mentioned Porter Stout's a good one to start with. Uh, but did you have any other recommendations as far as a good starter kit, uh, beer kit, that already has all the ingredients that you need for that beer? Yeah, and this one I had to dig deep for because it's been a while since I've actually bought a kit. Um, but, uh, one that I really liked when I was getting started was the caribou slobber, uh, from Northern Brewer, uh, which you may figure out from the name is, uh, their take on the, the moose drool. Yeah. So, you know, nice brown ale, uh, and I, I enjoyed that kit. So, okay. That, that, that was my recommendation. All right. Well, and that's a great recommendation because John, you and I, we actually did a tasting notes segment on that beer. And if I was more prepared, I would actually be able to tell you guys which episode to go to to listen to it. But because I'm not prepared, then uh, listen to all our shows, and then you'll run across our tasting notes on the moose drill. Unless John was able to quickly uh, jump to our to our table that shows all our beers and, and point out which episode. I'm going, but the internet is slow. Okay. All right. <laughs> Never mind. We're moving on. Uh, so, hey, I want to thank all of our Great listeners for providing feedback, for providing that question. Great question, Chase and Jay. And if you want to be like all of these great listeners and and go ahead and put your two cents into the show, you can do that easily. You can post comments or questions through our email address at tapthecraft at gmail.com or on Twitter. Just just uh, hit us up at tapthecraft on our Twitter. And also as many people did on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash tap the craft. You can write on our wall. You can post comments to our articles and to our show notes on there. And, uh, hey, get involved and be a part of the show. Yeah, it's episode 43 for our Mistral tasting. All right, 43. 
Excellent. Thank you, John, for doing my uh, legwork for me. Anytime. Okay. Well, hey, we want to uh, go ahead and give a shout-out right now to Open Forum Radio Network because why? They support our show. They provide the hosting space at openforumradio.com. And if you enjoy the content that John and I put out, then we think you are going to find some other great content from all the other great shows that are offered, like the following. Hey, you. Thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft with Denny and John. Now, I know you're a crafty consumer, and if you would like to consume other great podcasts, check out openformradio.com. We house such podcasts as Opaform Radio Proper, The 40 Cast, Geeks for the Win, I Recommend, Just Press Start, The Married Gamers, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gamers Unscripted, Lost Treasures of Gaming, Primetime, My Peanut Gallery, and many, many more. And please, Remember to leave these fine fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this show. Again, thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft. All right. Well, thank you, Larry, for providing us uh, all that information on the shows on F- OFRN Network. Uh, now, before we get into the Brew Buzz segment, I want to—I mentioned last show that I was getting a physics home draft system, and I was going to give you guys my own little personal insights. Uh, and impressions of this unit. And that's what I'm going to do right now. Very quickly, I'm gonna, just going to go ahead and talk about what I've done in the last two weeks. I, I basically got it the, the Monday after we recorded, like the next day, literally after we recorded. And uh, I've had probably 30 beers through it in the last two weeks. And I've had all kinds of styles. I've had a, lot, a couple different wheat beers. I've had a couple different IPAs. I've had lagers. I've had stouts, porters. And no, no, um, I've had a golden ale also. No, uh, I'm not gonna, I decided I'm not gonna put any sour beers through my system because I don't want to take any chance of getting Brettomyces or any kind of funkiness in there. Uh, because it, it is, you know, I thought I just gonna keep it to standard beers. No, no, no sours or tarts or gozas going through it. I can drink those regular like. So I haven't put anything like that in, but I have done a wide breadth of styles and I'll tell you that I think it does a pretty good job. Now, I did also do some side-by-side tastings where I literally would pour a glass using my physics uh, with, the, with, the, with, with the proper pour using it, and I'd pour it from the bottle straight into glass, and I took sips side-by-side just so I can see if there really is a difference between the two beers. And I'll tell you what, there is a difference. Uh, and uh, it's, Now, is it a huge difference? No. It's not, it's not going to be a mind blowing huge difference, but there is a serious difference. And, and I'll, I'll kind of, uh, talk about some of those right now. So the biggest thing you're going to notice about this thing is when you pour the beer, um, and it's a two step process. So you first start off by you pull the, you hold your cup up to the, the, the spigot and you hold it at about a 60 degree angle like you would if you're pouring a beer out of a bottle and you pull the lever forward. And it, what it does is it pressurizes the chamber where the bottle of beer or can of beer or growler of beer is sitting and it forces the beer down to the, you know, down into the bottle and it comes up out through this hose and comes into your beer in a nice even pour. You do that, they say about two thirds of the way up of the, up of the beer you do it with. I found that if I do it two thirds when I do the second part, it becomes a little bit too much foam. So what I do is I try to get about three quarters of the beer into my cup. Then I go and I force the lever backwards. And what that does, it does the same thing. It kind of forces the beer up into the hose, but it also runs kind of some kind of a, uh, a super, like a, a sonic 
pulse or something that kind of breaks up the carbonation bubbles, splits them into smaller bubbles. And what it does is it gives you a super fine, dense, creamy head that lays up on top of your beer. And uh, it does a, it does an incredible job. What the, the biggest thing you're going to get out of this thing is the best head, tasting head on a beer you, you've ever had. I mean, it's, I think it's far better than nitrogen uh, because nitrogen to me tends to dull the flavor, dull, you know, it's got a nice creamy head to it, but it's kind of bland. It doesn't really, you know, it's just kind of, you know, odd. Uh, but this head is really, really big and really creamy. It's like if you get, I don't know, if, you know, if you get some whipped cream, it's almost like whipped cream quality. Like you get hot chocolate with whipped cream, like real whipped cream on top, and you go ahead and try to drink your your uh, your hot chocolate with that whipped cream is so dense that it kind of like just is really creamy and and uh, has a really creamy mouthfeel. That's what this foam does. So uh, I know people don't like foam in their beer, but uh, this does enhance the aroma and it, it traps in a lot of those bubbles. The bubbles seem to keep flowing uh, from the beer more with the physics than it does from a bottle pour. Uh, that's another thing I noticed. I also, when I did my side-by-side comparisons, I used the same glass. I have the exact same glass that I use. I had two of them, so the same glass type. And I found that for the physics system does indeed, uh, f- you know, cause the carbonation to stay longer than the the standard pour from a bottle. So that's another enhancement there. It also gives you a a, a very nice body. Uh, imp- improves on the body of the beer. It makes it feel like a little bit thicker, like more viscous mouthfeel, and and a, and a fuller beer. It's like it's like if you were to have a medium light beer, it almost makes it feel like it's a little bit of a you know more medium, and it, so it gives you a really nice mouthfeel. I know uh, I kind of like it because it, it it also gives the the physical beer more of a creaminess to it, not just the head, but uh, the beer itself feels like it's a little bit more creamy. Uh, and it doesn't hurt the flavor whatsoever. Uh, if you, uh, you know, one thing with nitrogen is whenever I got an IPA or some beer that I'm, or, or even a, a stout, I expect to have that big malt flavor in the stout. And nitrogen tends to subdue that malt and doesn't give you that malt bite that uh, I'm used to. This doesn't do that. It doesn't subdue it. it the, the full malt flavor comes out in that stout or IPA. The hop comes out. The characters of the hops, the citrus, whatever, whatever pininess or resonantness, everything comes out in the beer. It doesn't hurt the beer whatsoever in that, which is nice. That was my biggest fear when using this thing is that it was going to destroy my, my flavor profile. And it, one of the negative things about this thing is that, yeah, it does take a little practice. Yeah, you do have to kind of master that, that throttling of that spigot so that uh, that tap handle so that you can get you know your head doesn't turn out to be half of your your um, glass because it can definitely get away from you if you're not careful especially with wheat beers i told you i had uh, two different wheat beers that i drank uh, basically two six packs of and uh, the wheat beer because it already is going to have a, a bigger head generation it just like amps it up even more so i had to i found i had to use an extra an, an exercise glass like you would like a Hefeweizen glass because it was just <laughs> such a big head. You had to have a big glass to, to trap it in there, but, uh, but it was nice. And so uh, with the, uh, you know, throttling and getting all set up, what's ballpark, like the time difference between doing a physics versus just popping a beer and pouring it in your glass. So, uh, of course, popping up. So here's the, the sequence. 
I have to go, you know, I don't have the physics on my counter. I keep it in my utility room because I, we don't have enough counter space. So I go into the utility room. I grab my physics. I sit on the counter. I grab the beer out of the fridge. I pop the lid open. Okay. So now when I usually pour it into a glass, I pop the lid open, pour it into a glass. Um, and it's about, you know, it takes as long as it takes to pour it into the glass. Now the physics, I pop the beer open. I set the beer into the bottom of this tall canister. Now that's a challenge too, because this is a deep well canister because it fits three, uh, 64, I think it fits 64 ounce growlers and it does 22 ounce bottles, cans and 12 ounce bottles. So with all those variety of sizes, it had to have a tall canister. So setting a small can into the bottom of that thing, it's a deep well. It can be a challenge to get the hose in there. So you set the bottle or can into the bottom, then you put the hose in the to the top of the bottle or can, and you close the lid and you secure two latches. That takes an extra, you know, 15 seconds. Then you hold your glass up to it, pull the thing forward, and it it was pretty quick at bringing that beer out of the bottle or can and into your glass. And then you just let it sit for about five seconds so the drips stop coming out. Then you pull it back and the head comes up in about 10 seconds. You're done with your beer with the head. So it probably takes an extra 30 seconds to use this machine versus just pouring it out of the bottle or can. Okay. And, and I don't find that it's a drag to do it. Like I, like I said, I've gone through about 30 I didn't do, I didn't go through six and say, man, I'm getting tired of doing this. Uh, like, uh, last night I had my, uh, I had a few people over and I would, I had it, uh, pumping out, you know, I probably poured, you know, 12 beers out of it before, you know, before I stopped, uh, using it. And it, it was, you know, I just would just get one person's beer. I'd, I'd use it. I give it to them. And I mean, literally I get like three beers done in about two minutes worth of time. And then we drink those and I just go, you know, do the next one. And it was, uh, it, it, it's not a, it's not a hassle. It's not as big of a hassle as I, as I would think it would be. The only hassle is if you, like last night we were mixing lagers and I was drinking some of the uh, uh, obsidian stout that we're having today on our show. Well, when I go from light lager or a, a pale lager to a stout and back, well, you have to then flush the system out because now your hose and stuff has got the stout in it and you don't want, that to, you know, cross contaminate into your pale lager because now you're going to have some off flavor. So that part, cleaning it is easy. I get a glass of warm water, I put it in the bottom, and I just pull the nozzle and I just flush water through it and it cleans it up uh, in, a, in a time it would take to pour one beer. So it's it's a little bit of a uh, of an extra work to clean it, but it's not hard to clean it. You know, I'm not taking things apart. It's literally just using water and it, it keeps it pretty clean. Okay, yeah, that was one of my other things. I know, you know, from homebrewing that having beer in tubing mm-hmm. doesn't end well if you don't, you know, get to it in a reasonable amount yeah. of time. You know, so you, you can't really let it sit. Yeah, I'm curious, uh, you know, what the process would be to try to clean that thing out if, you know, you've been using it, having a few beers, and don't forget about it till morning. Yeah. you know that you need to clean it out. So I think no. I think at that point I think what I'm probably going to do is I'm probably going to get some Ida4 or something some kind of a you know homebrew cleaning solution so that I can put a drop into a bottle fill it up and stick the hose in and let it you know do a quick cleaning you know just to do, you know do that too but you're right I don't know I haven't I've been really diligent because it's you know it's new and I don't want to make sure it's in peak operation so I've even gone as far as is to rinse it with water 
uh, after every beer. But last night I didn't because we were going through so much beer. It would have taken I mean, a bit of hassle to to do it after every beer because we were we were constantly using it for a couple hours. But when I just like if I'm coming home and I'm having a couple beers after work, I'll do two beers and then I'll rinse it out and then I'll put it away because uh, I'm trying to cut back on my beer intake too. I'm not trying to drink more than one or two beers a night. So it, yeah, I, but you got a new toy now. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it, it's um it's it's actually uh, a pretty decent device. It actually works, and that's what surprised me. Now, is this device for everyone? No. Uh, for me, being a craft beer enjoyer that I just I, I enjoy craft beer and I wanted to try something that might spice it up a little bit for me uh, I think it's a, it's a it's a nice toy uh, it's, it is a toy it's not necessary you don't need to have it to, to drink beer but it, it does make the beer taste a little bit you know a little bit better not ext- extremely better but it does provide a little bit more enjoyment out of it uh, and it, and I don't regret buying it um, I don't think it's for everyone though I, I wouldn't recommend someone that is just uh, not as in the craft beer as you and I, John, to, to go ahead and invest in it. I think it's it's uh, it's more for the people that are you know connoisseurs and want to just spice up their their beer drinking a little bit. Now, yeah, I, I could see the big benefit of doing the growlers though in there. You know, especially you got people over, yeah, you know, just stick the growler in, pour off the pints till it's gone, and then you know stick a new one in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, what's nice too is that you can put the growler in and put ice. On top of the growler, in that it's like an ice bucket, right? So you put the growler in, put ice on top. Now you've got a uh, a 64 ounce uh, growler, you know, draft system that's keeping cold, so people can just go and get their beer, and it, it can you can last for you know four four or five beer pours uh, at one time and, and keep cold. So that's also a, a nice. positive thing. Now here's the biggest the biggest test now. Uh, you, you, everyone knows that I'm not a big, uh, Budweiser, Coors, you know, uh, big beer kind of guy. But my stepfather was here for the weekend and he pretty much likes to drink Budweiser. Budweiser out of a long neck bottle. He doesn't like the cans. He doesn't, you know, he likes the long neck bottles. He doesn't like it on draft either. So when he goes out to a restaurant, he orders it only if it has it in long neck bottles. That's his preferred choice. So, of course, last night for the game, he, Grab a six pack of Budweiser. He also drank, you know, uh, he tried one of my, uh, North Fork lagers because he wanted to try uh, that and he said he really enjoyed it. But here, here's something that's pretty interesting. We went ahead and put the Budweiser, the, not the Bud Light. So it's a full King of Beers Budweiser through the system. And guess what? He even said that it made the beer taste better. Uh, and I tried it and I'll tell you what. It does improve the beer, the 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 experience of drinking a Budweiser. It makes it actually a little bit more enjoyable. So nice. Uh, I, that's that's a that's the biggest thing I can you know I can say as far as that, that it works is that uh, it does indeed make even cheaper beers taste better. So if you want your Paps, but you want to have more of a draft like thing, hey, put your Paps can through the physics. And pour yourself a nice draft beer that is going to be an enjoyable experience. So that's my little take on the physics. Any other questions, John? No, I think you covered all my my points. Okay, excellent. So if anyone else has any concerns, questions, go ahead and hit me up on social media or email me, and I'll feel free to to go ahead and answer your questions for you if you're curious, curious about this device and see if it's something you might enjoy. 
All right, well, now it is time for our Brew Buzz segment. And what is the Brew Buzz, in case you're new to Tap the Craft? Well, Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing all kinds of various beer-related topics. And this week, we are going to discuss the American-style style, style guidelines from the 2015 Beer Judging Certification Program. And the category for American Stout is in the American and Porter and Porter and Stout category. And what that's all about is uh, these beers all involve, evolve from their English namesakes that are wholly transformed by American craft brewers. And generally, these styles are bigger, stronger, and more roast-forward and more hop-centric than their Anglo cousins. So that's what this, uh, this uh, category is all about. The overall impression for the American Stout, hey, it's going to be a fairly strong, highly roasted, bitter, hoppy, dark stout. It's going to have a body and dark flavors that are typical of stouts, but with a more aggressive American hop character and bitterness. So that's what the overall impression of an American Stout is. Yeah, so the aroma, uh, moderate to strong aroma of roasted malts, often having a roasted coffee or dark chocolate quality. Uh, burnt or charcoal aromas are acceptable at low levels. Uh, although I, I don't necessarily agree with that. Yeah. Um, medium to very low hop aroma, often with a citrusy or resiny character. Uh, medium to no esters and light alcohol derived aromatics are also optional. And I say leave them out. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I agree. I agree with, I agree with what you said about the, uh, the, uh, the, the char, the, car, the burnt or charcoal thing. Yeah. I don't want burnt or charcoal flavor in my, in my style if I can help it. That's, that's not what I uh, I really dig. So, okay. Yeah. All right. So appearance. Now everyone knows what a stout looks like, right? Well, I hope so. They're generally going to be jet black in color, but you can have some that can come out as a very dark brown. Now, in my opinion, uh, I want my stouts to be you know as black as possible. That's, that jet black is what I like. Uh, they're also going to have a large, persistent head. It's going to be light tan in color or light brown in color. And it's usually opaque. You're not going to be able to see through this beer. So if you can see, you know, any any stout that I can see through, I'm going to rate it lower because that means it's not going to be as strong that I as I'm expecting. That's more of a, you know, I can expect that. I can I can accept some of that for a regular porter and for sure for brown ales, but not my, my stouts. Yeah, definitely not. Uh, so the flavor, uh, moderate to very high roasted malt flavors. So, so we keep getting these themes, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'll show you what you taste. Uh, often tasting of coffee, roasted coffee beans, dark or bittersweet chocolate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, may have the flavor of slightly burnt coffee grounds. This character should not be prominent or at all. <laughs> um, low to medium malt sweetness, often with rich chocolate or caramel flavors. Um, medium to high bitterness. Um, I think this is a, a tricky one because I, I think this is kind of should be a perceived bitterness, not yeah. necessarily actual bitterness from the hops because you're going to get kind of perception of bitterness from yeah. some of those darker roast mm-hmm. characters. Uh, but low to high hop flavor, uh, generally citrusy or resiny, low to no esters, uh, medium to dry finish. Occasionally with a lightly burnt quality. I don't know why they keep putting that in there. I encourage that. <laughs> um, and alcohol flavors can be present up to medium levels, but smooth. I really don't think those should be there either. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Not not in the not, not in the regular stout, right? 
Yeah, I'm very judgmental of the judging guidelines today. <laughs> okay, so now I know that if I'm going to submit a, a American Stout to you for judging, I need to make sure to have any burnt into it. No burning. Yeah, just make your best black IPA and <laughs> yeah. submit it, and I'll rate it fairly for this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, will do. All right, so the mouthfeel. What is going to be – How? what's the mouthfeel going to be perceived as? It's going to be a medium to full body. And it can be somewhat creamy, and uh, a lot of times they say you can uh, you can add some oats to it. They've been used to enhance the, to enhance that mouthfeel, and and that's a good point because I um, I think that the the stout you know some of the stouts that have that good mouthfeel that 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 heavier mouthfeel I I really enjoy that. And I think those are the ones that that do have those oats in there to give that bigger fuller body. Uh, also, you can. It says you can have a bit of roast-derived astringency. Yuck! I don't know if I, is that is that something that is uh, is common. I don't think so, right? It's, I don't. Know. Uh, yeah, it it is. It, it's something that you kind of feel on your tongue. Okay. Um, kind of a like a drying of the back of your tongue, and then kind of the pockets in your cheeks. Okay. Okay. Well. Uh, I don't think I typically feel that, thank goodness, because uh, I don't know. But uh, you know what? I'll pay attention to it, especially when we do our tasting of the, the beer uh, after this uh, brew buzz. I'll see if I can get any astringency in, into that. It also, as far as the carbonation level, they say it should be medium high to high carbonation. Now, I don't know. I uh, I don't know if I don't like anything that's high carbonated unless it's going to be a Berliner Weiss or maybe um, – I don't know. There's a couple things that I can live with, but I don't know if I want my stouts to be high carbonation. Uh, maybe medium high would be the highest I'd go. But what, what yeah, do you think? Yeah, I, I think I'd be more medium, medium high. Okay. Here, but okay, good because I'm not. I, I'm just uh, basing on what I enjoy, and maybe what I enjoy is not necessarily the guidelines, which is okay. It's okay. Um, and then the last thing they mention is, hey, there's going to be a light to moderately strong alcohol warmth, but smooth and not excessively hot. And, and I agree it should be uh, very smooth. I want my stouts to be more smooth. It could have a little bit of that perceived bitterness, as John mentioned, but I want it to be nice and smooth. Definitely. So, yeah, they say breweries express individuality through varying roasted malt profile, malt sweetness and flavor, and the amount of finishing hops used. Um, and I think the hops are a definite differentiator for a lot of breweries here. Some yeah. don't really like to put them in there and others will we'll push it. Um, and generally has a bolder roasted malt flavors and hopping than other t- traditional stouts, except Imperial stouts. Yeah. And I think that's, <laughs> that's very, very true. Yeah. Um, this will be way more aggressive than anything else other than a, an Imperial. Okay. All right. So some characteristic ingredients that you will find in the American stout is Common American base malts and yeast is what you'll you'll have as far as the, the base malts and, and yeast. They're going to use a varied use of dark and roasted malts as well as uh, caramel-type malts. There's also could be some adjuncts, such as oatmeal, maybe present in low qual- uh, quantities. Adjuncts? Ad- adjuncts. <laughs> adjuncts. <laughs> Ad- adjuncts. Now, that's interesting. That I, I wouldn't have considered... Oatmeal, oh, oatmeal versus oats, I guess, huh? Is there a difference? It's the same thing. It's the same thing? Yeah. So even though it's a kind of a grain, it's still considered an adjunct because it's not a malted barley? 
It's not malted. It's not malted at all. It's just uh Yeah, it's a, it's a cereal grain. Okay. That's good. I didn't realize that 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 would be an adjunct. I I typically think corn, rice, uh you know, things like that are yeah, oatmeal actually has to be treated similarly similarly to corn. You know, it needs to be gelatinized to break up the starches so that it's actually uh, can be broken down. Oh, okay, so. okay, that's good to know. See, that's why I have you here to fill me in. Yeah, and and of course the last thing is it's you know typically going to be using American hop varieties, thus being called the American stout. Yeah, so some style comparisons. Uh, so it, it's like a hoppy, bitter, strongly roasted extra or export stout. Um, much more roast in body than a black IPA. Yeah, it's right there. Right there in the style guideline. <laughs> uh, bigger, stronger versions belong in the Russian imperial stout style. And stronger, more assertive, uh, particularly in the dark malt grain additions and hop character than the American porter. Ah, there we go. I agree. I agree. Yep. Some vital statistics. The international bittering units, the IBUs, are between 35 and 75. That's a pretty good uh, range. I guess yeah, it's all the- 75 is getting up there. I mean, you're yeah. in IPA territory. Yeah, when you're talking 75. So yeah, so that that that's uh, was a little bit surprising that uh, that it was that high. So uh, interesting little statistic there. Then the alcohol by volume, the ABV, can be between five and seven percent. Uh, so okay, that's pretty average. I think five is. Is uh, you know, I think that between those is pretty, pretty gen, you know, general for American style. So that's that's a good. You think those are good numbers? Yeah, I think that's all right. All right. Uh, so commercial examples: uh, Avery Out of Bounds Stout, uh, Deschutes Obsidian Stout. Imagine that. Yeah. Uh, North Coast Old Number Thirty Eight. Hmm. Uh, Rogue Shakespeare Stout and the Sierra Nevada Stout. All right. I've I've had all of them except for the Avery, and I've had. Uh, I haven't had. I don't know if I've had the North Coast Old Number Thirty Eight. I've had their Old Rasputin I, and stuff, but I haven't had that. Yeah, I haven't had those two. Okay, I've had the rest. Excellent. All right. Well, those are the American Stout guidelines. Now you know what this beer style is all about. Let's go ahead and uh, jump in to a tasting note segment on one of the commercial examples. The beer that we are tasting today, of course, is the Obsidian Stout. From the shoots, ooh, that was a nice open. The shoots, <laughs> the shoots brewery. I'm gonna go ahead and open mine now, and I'm gonna try not to get it all over my uh, keyboard. Mine wasn't quite as powerful as yours, John. We'll go ahead and pour into our never is into never <laughs> is into our glasses. And uh, this brewery, Deschutes Brewing, we've had a number of Deschutes beers on the show. We talk about them all the time. It is from Bend, Oregon. And uh, the style is an American stout. I know last episode, John was thinking it might have been maybe a sweeter stout. But as far as I can tell, it's it's a, a traditional American stout, just as they said the commercial example is. The Yeah, I looked it up after that, and I felt silly. It, ah, no so. problem. No problem. <laughs> uh, and, and this uh, comes in that the uh, alcohol by volume is 6.4, right in the middle. Or maybe a little bit on the high side, but right, you know, towards the middle of that uh, – that alcohol um, volume, which we expect to see. So that's nice. It's going to have a little bit of a kick. And the international bidding units, again, is also right in the middle of the, the range that they gave. It's 55, which is a pretty pretty good number. I think that's about probably, 
where I see most American stouts at is about 55 uh, range, um, at least the ones I've, I've seen. And this comes in 12-ounce bottles. You can get it on draft, too, but I don't think I've seen it in anything but 12-ounce bottles. I, I haven't seen it in 22-ounce in bottles. How about you, John? Have you seen anything besides? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I have a 12-ounce bottle here. So before we get started, I'm curious, what's your Best Buy date above the UPC? Uh, um, Best Buy one thirty seventeen. <laughs> All right. Same what's yours? Is the same one? We got the same exact batch. That's awesome. What's the what are your what's your code numbers underneath that? I'm just curious. It's two one oh three. Nope. What is yeah, yours? Twenty two fifty three. Oh, yours is newer, huh? Yeah. Or they're counting down to some kind of apocalypse. Yeah, that could be. That could be. All right, John. So, now we've just explained all the ins and outs. Now it's time to get to the nitty-gritty and uh, talk about the beer. So, John, what is the color of your beer? Can you see through it? No. Yeah, me neither. My, You know, we, we have talked in the past, like, oh, I can read through this. <laughs> I can't even see my computer through this. No, no, I, I can't even, I can't see anything through it. It's nice. That's the way it's supposed to be, opaque and uh, dark, jet black. I bet... Actually, what color yep. is yours? It's pretty jet black. Yeah, mine's black. Okay. Yeah, some light brownish red highlights in the corner yeah, of the glass. Exactly. I got the same oh. thing. I can see a little bit, maybe mahogany right on the, the Ooh, edges fancy. of the glass. But uh, yeah, it's it's very dark, <laughs> very dark. And the head. What do we? We kind of skipped over the head and lacing. What do you got for a head on here? Uh, darkish tan. Uh, um, and uh, this thing was foaming like crazy on me despite my best efforts it's now down to a finger's worth of head yep. but it's already leaving a lacing on the glass yep uh, where it's dying down so me too i actually had to leave uh, when i first poured it my head got a little weight away from me and i had to leave uh, about uh, a finger's worth or two in the bottle before let that head die down so i could pour the rest in so i know exactly what you mean and, and my head's exactly the same it's a light brown uh, i mean a little bit darker than a tan i say light like or a little bit darker tan, and it's got some nice, uh, you know, it's pretty creamy. It's got a creamy head with some uh, tight bubbles and maybe a couple bigger bubbles in there too. And the lacing is sticking to the side of the glass, so it's a very nice head. All right, let's go ahead and take a big old sniff of this beer. And uh, wow, you know what? I get. Uh, I'm going to talk about what I just smelt because I get a big chocolate nose. Out of this thing. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, chocolate just jumps out. It's, of it's, it's like a Tootsie Roll kind of like chocolate, right? Is that you, kind of Tootsie Roll-ish in the nose as far yeah, as I've heard? Yeah, it's more sweeter milk chocolate than dark chocolate. Yeah, um, yeah. Like the style guideline puts out. but Yeah, yeah. It's got, it, it's, it smells fantastic. Is there anything else you can pick yeah. out of there? There's, there's a little bit of toast in there. Um, I don't get any, any, uh, coffee in this not no not not any aroma no i don't get any any coffee any aroma it's 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 mostly the chocolate and there's something yeah. uh there's something at the i don't know something else in there too i'm uh it maybe might be hints of that chocolate aroma f you know fleeting away but there's something lighter in there too but i i don't know i can't think of it all we'll, we'll we'll skip it but yeah dark i think the the milk chocolate uh, aroma is what you're getting the most out. All right, let's take a sip and let's explain what we taste when we first put this to our mouth. Yeah, the, the chocolate continues. Um, 
I think I do get a light coffee in the flavor, though. Yeah. Along with the chocolate. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. The um, Now, I think because of the bitterness, that now that we uh, are tasting the beer, you do get it to be a little bit more bittersweet uh, chocolate than the sweeter chocolate that we are smelling. I think the bitterness kind of makes it more bitter. And you're right, there is a a slight hint of uh, coffee in there. Not overly powerful espresso beans, but more of a it's a it's a coffee, but not super strong. Yeah, it's it's a light light coffee. But I, you know, I, I think the uh, the bitterness to me is separate from the chocolate. Mm. It definitely a, a hopping bitterness. It's not a dark chocolate type of bitterness. True. Um, that's coming through. So. Yeah, uh, but it does have a fairly aggressive bitterness. Yeah, in there. So. Yeah, it it is. Uh, and and you know what? I'm trying to taste the if there's astringency, like we we mentioned in the style notes, and you did say that uh, there could be some in the the top of your cheeks, right? No. Yeah, it's kind of like a a drying out kind yeah. of cream type. Yeah, thing. I I do get a little bit of that. Um, a little bit of astringency in the right at the mid part of my cheeks, a little bit, like you said, a little drying out of it. Uh, I didn't mean to jump forward. Uh, I guess we should probably talk a little bit about, well, we're talking about the body, so I guess that could be part of the body, right? Is a, a little bit of a astringency, but not anything bad. Uh, it's, it's, uh, definitely, let me take another sip, but explain what, what you're getting in the body. Uh, definitely full body. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's not a, not a lawnmower type beer. Yeah, um, no, no, no. Yeah, not, don't drink this right after of a hot day. You're gonna. But I think I'd peg this at a medium high carbonation. Um, it's got some bu- some bubble into it. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll say it's a little bit more carbonated than uh, normal, and I will agree it's definitely a full body. A uh, little bit of the drying in my cheeks, uh, not. Uh, taking away from it at all. And uh, yeah, I like it. Now, I did have this beer on the physics yesterday and it, it did give it that full body was was a little bit, like I mentioned before, it gives it a little creaminess to the body too. It makes it silky. gives it a little silky body and it's a little bit, you know, makes that full really come out uh, a lot. Uh, but this isn't bad either. But I will say, I think the physics machine makes this beer even better than it already is, you know, at just you know, by pouring it out of a bottle. Yeah, I was curious if you were going to do that for the, the tasting. No, because I wanted to have an even with you. I didn't want to do something different that would steer away our, our tasting because nobody else out there most likely is going to have the physics. So I want to make sure that we talk on even uh, playing field with our listeners. So if they uh, don't have the physics, they won't feel like they're getting left out of the, the tasting and, and not, you know, having the same experience. So... Gotcha. All right. How about the finish? I, we, I guess you already mentioned it does have a bit of a, a you know bitterness. A, it definitely has a, a hot bitterness to it. Yeah, but it, uh, the the finish is actually sweeter to me. It's more that m- milk chocolate type thing, uh, but it doesn't linger too yeah. long. Although it, it does kind of build up the more you drink. Yeah, it, it wasn't lingering, and now I just have a general stout taste in my mouth. Yeah. Um, now I'm over halfway through this beer already. I'm halfway through so. also, yeah. And um, you're right. 
I think the mid, the mid of the beer, I get a, I, the beginning. I get a lot of chocolate. It goes. It lasts to the the mid. You get some of that that sweetness, sweet chocolate, and it. it but mine ends pretty much. My finish. I've got the. I don't know if it's the carbonation is is a playing effect on it on my finish, giving it a little bit of that uh, extra sharpness to the to the finish. Again, not where it's distracting from the beer. It just uh, gives me a feeling of it being a little bit more bitter than maybe it it really is. But uh, but no, it's an enjoyable finish. Um, I've like you said, I've already drank half of this big beer. Uh, it goes down very very nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, so now comes the time where we ask, is this a beer that we are going to give our new friends, new friends to craft beer to, to try, uh, right when they first, you know, come to our house and they never had a craft beer? Is this a beer you're going to give them? No. <laughs> no, but I think this is something you could steer them to. Uh, in relatively short order, mm-hmm. but I don't think it would be, you know, it's definitely not a gateway. Uh, no, but but I don't think. Uh, I think this being more of the milk chocolate than the dark chocolate can can ease that tra- transition to the stout. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, John. This is not a beer that I would give as a gateway beer to craft beer. Um, I would be more than happy to uh, introduce them to. A stout, American stout, with a taster, like maybe a couple ounces, just to, just so they can get a feeling for it. If they were curious, uh, I wouldn't pour them a full glass for sure. But you're right. I think uh, uh, when people are ready to try a darker beer, uh, I would probably go over a brown ale first, and then maybe up to a little bit of a porter, and then up to this beer. So it'd probably be a stepping stone up into to darker stuff. So. So now I'm going to change my thing to say probably, yeah, there's no way I'd give this to a new person until they've already experienced some other darker beers first. Yeah. Okay. Now the hardest part of our whole tasting is our rating system. So, um... Uh, glassware? Oh, I forgot glassware. Yeah. So, uh, glassware, yeah, you can... I drank this out of a snifter glass when I uh, drank it... Uh, I don't know. Did I drink it out of a snifter yesterday? I don't remember what I drank it out of yesterday. <laughs> yesterday was too long ago for me to remember, but uh, you can drink it out of a sniffer. You can drink it out of a shaker or a Willie Becker glass like John's drinking right now. I think it's... Uh, oh, it's like you're here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think, honestly, um, are you, what, what are you going to get out of a sniffer glass? You're going to be able to heat... You know, you, you hold a sniffer in your palm of your glass. The, the body heat from your hand is going to to give that a little bit of warmth and bring out some of that flavor into your nose as you put it up. I think it can enhance it. I don't think it's required. I think there's enough. Like I'm drinking out of a shaker glass right now because I was too lazy to go get a, a snifter. Um, but I think you can enjoy this out of a, out of a, a regular pint. And if you really want to step up your game and, and, and be able to pick out maybe more flavors than John and I were able to pick out, then for sure a snifter would be good. You agree or disagree? Yeah. I think it's it's good. Okay, snifter is a uh, it's fancy. Yeah, it's fancy. And my son just bought me a new snifter, uh, so I, I enjoy using that one. It's got a real narrow opening and big bulb on the bottom. It, it's uh, it's kind of cool. It's from the Growler guys, so I felt pretty pretty special. He bought me a glass. Nice. Yeah. Okay, now it's time to rate it. 
And I'm just going to say that I'm going to rate this memorable. I'm going to tell my friends to try it. Anyone who enjoys good craft beer, that's experienced beer drinker, and wants a good stout, hey, I'm going to tell them that you've got to try the Obsidian Stout from the Schutz Brewery. There we go. I said it. Uh, I'm going to go recommended. Okay. Daily drinker worthy. I think this is a stout that I would keep in my fridge. Okay. You know, just keeping a six pack in there for when I want something dark. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is this a, is this a, I mean, we all know, everyone knows that your wife really loves stouts. I know she loves vanilla stouts, but is this a beer that she enjoys too? Do you, have you, she had it very much? Uh, we haven't actually bought this for a while. Um, and I just pulled the first one of the six pack today mm. for this. So I, but I would guess that, yes, yeah, she would really enjoy this one. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll do some homework. Okay. Uh, do some homework yeah. and let us know. You can let us know on social media. That'd be fine. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. So John says it's a uh, recommended daily drinker worthy. I say it's memorable. Hey, tell your friends that enjoy craft beer to go out and you, you know, it must be on your uh, bucket list of beers to, to try. <laughs> not that it's a well. It's not a well. It's just a, you know, one of the list, one of the beers that you need to go try if you enjoy stouts for sure. All right. Now, guess what? The shoots is awesome about providing all kinds of information about their beer. They do tell us which malts and which hops are in this beer. And here we go. We got pale, crystal, carapils, Munich, black barley, roasted barley, and wheat. Holy smolies. There's a lot of, a lot of malts in this beer. What do you think yeah, about that, John? There's a, there's a lot going on there. Um, my vanilla stout has pale black barley and roasted barley. That's it. Okay. Actually, not black barley. I swapped the black barley for chocolate malt. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, scratch that. Okay. Uh, interesting. The wheat, so they use the wheat to give you our body a little bit more, right? Is that what they're using the wheat for, to give it a little bit fuller body? Yeah, that amp up the body um, as well, give it. Uh, help with the head retention and lacing and that okay. kind of thing as well. Excellent. So. Excellent. All right. How- Although, so would the carapils. Those are... Okay, that's the same. Would both do that. Okay. And in the hops, they use uh, Nugget, Bravo, Delta, and Northern Brewer. So, uh, interesting, huh? Yeah, I hadn't heard of the Delta. I had to look that one up. And it looks like it's kind of a um, Willamette-type hop. Oh, okay. Okay. Which kind of fits with the the rest here all right so. well um so there you go there is our tasting notes on the deschutes obsidian stat i hope you guys all enjoyed it let us know what you think about this beer robert hey i know you're gonna be drinking it right along with us hit us up on on the uh, twitters and let us know what you think about our uh you know our review of this beer and uh, how you like it and you too chris Chris, Chris McKenzie, go out there and buy a bottle and uh, do a review for us, too. It'd be great. I love your reviews. Okay, John, guess what time it is. You know, it's that time where we've got to start closing down the show. But before we do that, we always love to give out a little toast to our friends. And do you have anyone you want to give a toast to tonight? Uh, yeah, I got a couple. Um, first to Wes, thank you for the beer. I greatly enjoyed it. So did Denny. He loved mm-hmm. it. Um. And then uh, second, uh, shout out for our buddies Jason Lacey and Lucas Rose uh, from Fluxpose Podcast, uh, the latest battle of beers, um, pitting 
bottles versus cans yeah. against each other. Um, they went to head head to head trying to pick out which was the bottle versus the can. <laughs> and uh, they 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 put a wager on it for you know like a a suicide of the of all the beers you know where you put your pop and go through all the things at the mm-hmm. uh, at the uh, fast food restaurant. They mixed everything they they tested together and they they brought back the bean flicker. Yes, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The bean flicker was there, and uh, what was yeah. So they called that a beer bomb. But uh, you're right; it's a uh, suicide. That's why I've heard that too. I said it was a uh, like a uh, a cuvee kind of a, is a blend too. I mean, pour a bunch of stuff yeah. in. But uh, a beer bomb is actually when uh, when you're drinking out of the bottle, and some jerk comes by and pops the top of your bottle with the bottom of his, and it blows up. All over you. That's a yeah. beer bomb. That so. or you you drop a shot of uh, uh, spirits in there. Yeah, yeah. That could be yeah, like like an Irish car bomb type thing. Yeah, or a Jaeger bomb. Or Jaeger bomb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've had a few of those. I I hate Jaeger too, but the only way I can drink Jaeger is if I chase it with a beer real quick. <laughs> but yeah, that was a great show, and I recommend everyone go out to flexopose dot com, check out the video. And uh, I want, you know, they do six beers, six beers that have a dual can and bottle, and they taste, blind taste each one and try to determine which one is the bottle. And uh, I think you'll be surprised at the outcome. So go check it out. All right. Is that all you had, John? Yeah, that's it for me. Okay. Well, I have uh, I have a, a special, uh, uh, I, I'm not toasting this. I just want to give out uh, our regards to our buddy matt helmer a good friend of mine uh, mr devious at uh, devious mr matt on twitter he's from the 40 cast podcast uh, and uh, at, he uh, he had a rough week this week uh, he lost his brother his older brother to cancer and uh, so that's weighing heavy on all of our hearts we just want you to know matt that we're thinking about you and we're really uh, you know sorry for your loss and that we want to raise our glass to your your brother's memory to all the good times you had with them and and we'll just keep those uh, fresh fresh in your mind and let, let you know that we're there for you. Uh, also, uh, I, I can't leave out our military men and women out there uh, protecting our freedoms. You know, we John and I were all about being able to enjoy drinking good craft beer and having the choice and selection and and doing a podcast without freedom of speech for us to be able to talk about whatever we want to. We wouldn't be able to talk to you right now. Uh, about beer. Beer might be outlawed. It might be something that is not allowed if we weren't in the great country that we're in. So I must lift my glass to all those military men and women out there who are protecting our freedoms. Uh, Thank you for all you do and return home safely to your families very soon. And you can find the beers uh, mentioned on the show in our show notes, which are located on the show post at openforumradio.com. And if you would like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at loose screw. And John, how can our listeners follow you? On Twitter at Prime Brewing, untapped Prime WA, and I write about my brewing exploits over at homebrewengineer.com. That's right. Excellent. All right. Well, hey, it is last call, and it is time to bring our show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening to the show. We ask you to please tell a friend and you subscribe or have them to subscribe to the show. We we love to have you guys in our or we love to be in your ears uh, every two weeks. 
Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, uh, you know, all the regular podcasting things out there you can find us on. And as a reminder, we do release a new show every two weeks. And you know what? We have not missed a Thursday uh, in over two years of recording. So we're very punctual. And even we've even accidentally released a show a couple days early when I... Uh, you know, <laughs> when I, when I miscued the, uh, the date for the, uh, for the post. So, hey, you can always count on us. All right. Well, now, uh, go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. I just was thinking I'm going to do something special with, uh, the stout and this Oktoberfest. You're gonna mix them. Um, You're gonna make it black and tan. I am. <laughs> In my, I, my brother got me a uh, dual beer glass, um, side, like a side by side one. Yeah, it has like a, you put each beer at each side. Yeah, and then they mix as you drink. As them. you drink them. Oh wow. Give me a picture of that. After you uh, pour them in there, I want to see what it looks like. Yeah, I can send you. Uh, anyway, I, I'm I'm gonna do it uh, sometime this week. Okay, not not today. All right, I, I gotta stop. <laughs> you gotta stop before uh, you gotta go to work tomorrow, right? Yeah, I, I can't open two more beers. That's that's true. <laughs> so you should you should have seen Sarah look at me when I was doing the side by side tastings and I was pouring two full beers. She's like. What are you doing? You're drinking two beers at the same time. I was like, I said, yeah, I've got to do research. I got to do do my due it's, diligence and taste these side by science. side. <laughs> yeah, she thought I was pretty crazy. <laughs> but I did get uh, that night. I was I did uh, I did two blood uh, two of the full sale blood orange wheat, and I did two of the uh, the good times sweet as uh, pale wheat. Ales on the same night, so I did four side by sides, and then one night of of wheat ales. Uh, so it was fun. The American Stout style guidelines for the 2015 beer. <laughs> you know what? I never. I was gonna. Uh, it's beer judging competition. No, beer, beer judge certification certification program. program. Every time, and you I see, love it. But you see, I, I started writing it, and I was going to go look it up, and I forgot to look it up uh, and finish my writing of it because I couldn't remember what the damn thing was. I was going to be uh, – okay. All right. I'll just start up here.